Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who drink only rainwater. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Dr. Strangelove or colon How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Mm. Tyler, which number Stanley Kubrick movie is this for you? two three which how many have we watched together we together have watched um, the shining is the shining and that might be it yes he directed 16 movies um some of them are shorts he's directed 14 movies one of them is also the 13 movies fear and desire killer's kiss the killing come on paths of glory spartacus Kind of. Lolita, Dr. Strangelove, 2001 Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, Barry London, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut. So, uh, number two, eh? Yeah. What's your point? I don't know. I, my point you is I've seen three, four. Mm-hmm. I've seen four. Oh. So, fight me. What, you think you're better than me? You know, yeah. What? Oh. I've seen more Stanley Kubrick movies. I challenge you because I've seen 2001. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> You've seen three, but I've seen four. What, you raise it to four now? Because I've seen, I said I've seen I've three. I've seen Full Metal Jacket. I've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Don't try to claim 2001. I already claimed it. I that. saw it in IMAX, sir. It was my idea to see it in IMAX. Yeah, but I saw it in IMAX. What, you think you're better than me just because you went and I didn't? Um, yeah, that's, that's the whole point. What, I will, you, you what, just because I moved to a place that there's not? Because I think I was gone, right? Maybe. Was it when I was out? When I, lived I don't Sonata? know. It Look, was... There's not an IMAX in Idaho. There's not an IMAX within a thousand miles of where I live. A thousand miles? Yeah. Wow, uh, I know for a fact that every national park has to have one. I think <laughs> for probably. showing nature documentaries. Just go to the go to Bear World. They probably got Bear one. Bear World. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fun fact for everybody: a little a little shout out to Bear World. If you're ever in Idaho Falls and you drive north, mm-hmm. there's a Bear World. It is a zoo experience type thing. There's bears. That's the drive. It's a drive-through zoo. You drive through it, okay? They also have a petting zoo, Uh and so you you can walk in. There's like a gift shop, petting. Not in the petting zoo, but they do have baby bear exhibit. What's Um, the point of the bear world if your petting zoo is not bears? (laughs) That's a good question. They do have like bear uh, hides or whatever. Like you can actually like touch them to see what their fur feels like. Mm And uh, they bottle feed baby bears, and you can pay them like sixty dollars or something, and you can bottle feed a baby bear. Yeah, it's not as exciting because you don't get to like cradle it or anything. But it's like, here's the bottle. The bear is drinking from it. I'm holding it. All right, now you grab it. (laughs) Like it's not (laughs) even like you give it to the bear. It's like the bear is already drinking from the bottle. You get to hold the bottle. All right, I'll take a picture of you. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. But I watched it. Baby bears fighting is just the purest, most wonderful thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it is. And they're tumbling and they're, they fall on over and they try to look all tough, but they're too cute. Yeah. It's great. Now, here's the thing. I want to see if you can corroborate my, uh, my reports I've heard about Bear World. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents who went to there or they knew somebody who used to go there or they've probably been there or somebody's parents you know okay talk it up is the best thing it's bear world it's a world of bears and then you go and it sucks mm-hmm. can you corroborate that well corroborate there are certain things you have to do i got in for free oh because uh we were doing a survey they were trying to fight some legislature to where they were gonna make a more of an interstate highway and then that would get rid of the exit leading directly to bear world so you know it would redirect anyway so we were trying to be like look down people go to bear world you can't just get rid of the freeway exit okay so they let me in for free so that greatly enhanced my experience yeah also when i drove through 
you can also pay extra money to sit on like a double decker bus where you can like open air double decker bus kind of thing and you can look and then they like throw food down to the bears and so the bears are like crowding the bus and you're looking down you're like oh bears i drove behind that and so i was like i didn't have to pay to get in i didn't have to pay for the expensive ticket to ride behind the bear bus but there's i'm right the bears are right in front of me so it was a pretty good time Mm-hmm. If I if that didn't happen and I paid you know thirty bucks to drive through and not see any bears, I I don't know if I would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. Yeah, there's a petting zoo, and there's a pig in the petting zoo, and that's kind of all I needed for my <laughs> life. Here's the thing. It really comes down to how you feel about bears. Mm-hmm. Is seeing a bear worth thirty dollars? Here's the thing. I've seen a bear in real life. Yeah. Not in bear world. Those bears are real. <laughs> they are they are real bears. They're not like robot bears. They're not like Blade Runner android bears. Okay. Yeah. There are no bears in Blade Runner. I'm just saying Blade Runner's like androids. It looks just like people. What I'm saying is in Blade Runner, I'm sure. Okay. Like the original title of the novel Blade Runner is based on is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? So the idea is if there's electric people that are androids, there'd be electric sheep too, you know, right? Are there? Is it? That's the question. Yeah. So is there an electric bear world in Blade Runner? And the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I saw bear in the wild once from a very far distance. I guess I've seen them in Yellowstone too, which is a little different because there's animals all over the place and they don't care about like cars. They'll just kind of walk on the highway. But not at Yellowstone. <laughs> I saw a bear very far away. And it's not like the same. Because when you see a bear in the wild, you're like, it's amazing. I'm going to move further away <laughs> because I don't want this bear to think I'm encroaching on its territory at all. Because I've seen Rep- The Revenant and I know how that goes. So... Bear, at Bear World, you're paying to see a bear without the fear of being killed by the bear. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, uh, is it worth it? That's my question to you. <laughs> oh. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those questions. Is there an answer, even? Cody, I had a dream last night. You mm. know me. I don't have dreams. Okay. I had one last night. What happened? Let me tell you the entirety of the dream. <laughs> Tiffany and I, my wife Tiffany, who I love so much. Turn mm. down, turning down a road, We're driving. We turn. It's a right-hand turn, Cody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a country road. Yeah, it's taking me home. Right? Oh, a la, a la John Denver. <laughs> There's long grass on both sides, long green grass. We turn, and I said, "Look, as a bear." That's the whole dream. That's what I remember, anyway. That's even better than Bear Worlds. There's a big, giant bear running along you the side of the road. You didn't have to pay anything, and you weren't at all worried about being eaten by the bear. Cody, it was the, f- it was the fluffiest bear. Because ah. it wasn't like poofy fluffy. It was like the hair was long enough that it looked kind of flowy oh. as it ran. And it looked like the whole bear was like horse mane, but not long enough for it would be real creepy. Oh my it was like the perfect flowy length, and it was like, <gasps> I want to pet the bear. And the bear, here's the thing. I said that was the whole dream. I'm pretty sure, I think, I think we met the bear. But all I really remember is turning down and be like, look, there's a bear. And thinking, I want to touch that bear. Yeah. Who would I don't know if I touched it. I feel like I did. In my heart, I feel like I touched the bear. Have you ever seen the movie Grizzly Man? No. It's a documentary about an insane person who uh, goes and, and lives with the bears during the summers in Alaska. Oh, yeah. To protect them from something or whatever, except he's also just a maniac. But he, like, gets close to these bears all the time, and he, like, will try to touch... There's, like, a couple parts in the movie, in the documentary, where he, like, goes to touch the bears, and they're, like, you know, they're not domesticated. You know, like, dogs like to be pet because they're domesticated, and they're like, oh, this feels nice. You try to pet a bear in the wild, they're like, what are you doing? Like, I'm so confused, you know? Yeah, you would be attacking. Anyway, he didn't... I don't think he died by getting mauled by a bear, but... Oh, no. He should have. He got eaten by a bear, Cody. Who? The grizzly man? Because I was remembering it as you are talking about it. Because he always came back at the end of the summer. 
and he didn't come back one year. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they never found his body, but they found evidence that he got eaten and pooped out by a bear. I forgot about that. Okay. So their whole thing is like, so bear activists, we all know those people. Right. Claim that he just died because maybe it was like something happened where it's like he could have died not by bear and the bears just took advantage of the situation and everybody who's saying is like you mean the guy that tried that would like there's video of him like feeding orange slices to bears out of his own mouth yeah i think he got mauled and eaten by a bear yeah that really wanted the orange slice i saw it a couple a few years ago so i i remember exactly how it ends but i think yeah you're right like he dies in alaska yeah, and I think he was trying to stay late in the season. I don't remember. Yeah, I just remember he didn't come back when he would normally come back, so they went looking for him, and yeah. they still they never found him. Uh, but they found, like, his DNA or, like, his blood in deer feces. Or not deer. Maybe yeah. deer. Who knows what the deer in Alaska do? <laughs> Carnivorous deer. That deer is our world. greatest Our greatest fear. That'll all happen with the nuclear holocaust from... And that's how I bring it back around there to Doctor Strange Love. Tyler, do you want to give give us a summary of the plot of Doctor Strange Love? What is the plot, Cody? A guy goes crazy and tries to start a nuclear war. I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Nailed it. Doctor Strange Love is not in very much of the movie. And then you think to here's what I think. I'm gonna it's not a spoiler. I'm gonna say it's a tease, right? Mm-hmm. To titillate those who might want to watch this movie, but they yeah. don't know. Yeah. You're going to think, why is it called Dr. Strangelove? He's in almost all of, he's almost in none of the movie. All right. Mm-hmm. And then the last five, 10 minutes, yeah. you're like, this is why it's called Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Bailey was like, I was trying to figure out the whole time. I was like, who is like, which she thought it was like a code name for one of them. And is like, oh, is it General Ripper? Is it this person? Is it uh, General Churgens? Who is it that is actually Dr. Strangelove? And you're like, no, there's just a dude named Dr. Strangelove. Wasn't a secret, wasn't a mystery. It was just that's his name. Yeah. So uh, how'd it go for you? It's good. I like. It. I thought it was good. I, did I've, you like? It? I did like it. I've seen it before, although maybe like six or seven years ago, uh, when you were just a young boy. When I was just a lad, and um, way back when you were only twenty. Ah, uh, to be you know what I wouldn't give to be a dumb twenty-year-old. I'm just here, a dumb twenty-eight-year-old. I introduced myself as like 22 or something the other day. Yeah. Or I maybe, you know, like I said, like, oh yeah, I'm 20, like 23. And then I just like stared blankly down and away. And yeah. Tiffany was like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm 26. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like once I hit tw- after 25, I have to think about it every time someone, at, like yeah. after think about them, I'm like, I have to do the math. I'm like, all right. 2020 is the year we're in, <laughs> and I was born, and let me subtract, that's how old I am. Has my birthday yeah. happened? No. Okay, that's how old I am. Like, yeah. yeah, I have no idea anymore. Yeah. I have to really think about it. I, f- I, I had a little bit of a break. You know how, like, everybody kind of, you, I mean, you've probably had it at this point, you know, mm-hmm. where you, you have that moment where you realize, like, you were at the low end of the age that you thought was, like, you looked at those people, and you're like... You're kind of getting up there. Why don't you just die already? You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. And you're like, this is the opening of this age group. Yeah. It's a weird time. I'm into it. You know? Because you see, anyone who's older than you by like five or 10 or 20 years would be like, oh, you're so young still, you know? But then you see like people younger than you, and I'm like, I'm old now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the grave waits, waits. To embrace me, only a few short years away. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's a weird time in life. It's like, you know, just a f- just a few short, just a year ago, you know, just a yeah. couple of cool happening dudes bacheloring it up. Oh, so cool! Like I don't know, eighteen to 20, 24 months ago. Yeah, yeah. And then you know now, now I'm old and gross. Now you're married with like four kids. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You had the four kids before, but now you're married. Now I'm married, yeah. I she collect, doesn't know about the four kids. I collect, collect children. Well, pen pals, yeah. They're so, all uh, baby goats. What? Yeah. <laughs> Won't be kids much longer. Oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> well, Tyler, I guess uh, you're giving the people 
far more, I don't know, dare we say information about <laughs> bears. But uh, do you, do you want to get into it, into the details of this yeah. movie? Yeah. You, want, you know, I mean, Cody, there's only one way that we're getting into Spoilerton. How are we doing it? We're going to straddle this nuclear warhead I brought with me. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to ride it into Spoiler Town. Oh, yeah. Russia. Spoiler Town, Russia. Here's what I... Okay. I don't Not know. I don't know the best way to do this. What? You just kind of swing your leg over, and then I've installed handles here. What if I... Okay, but do you have a cowboy hat for me? Cody. I have a, I have four options of cowboy hats. All right, please. I've prepared. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we need to go beat for beat through this movie, but I guess I would like to hear what parts you liked the best, and then I've got you know I've got some fun facts for us. Here's my favorite part of this movie. I now understand Armageddon. Michael Bay's film Armageddon. Oh yeah. And let me tell you about it. Cody. I haven't seen that in a minute. So what's what's his face? Uh, is that the one with the with the Steven Tyler song, the Aerosmith song? Yeah, that was that like a slow dance for every dance. For yeah, no more. Yes, that <laughs> I one. remember hearing that, and every time I hear it, I just think Armageddon. I'm like, we're all too young to have like fully appreciated the movie Armageddon, but it was a thing in all of our childhoods. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, it's just funny that like it became a slow dance staple of like two thousands dances. I thought. I mean, you know, we all shared the experience of him doing the little animal cracker thing on the on her stomach and being like, "What is the point of this?" (laughs) Yeah, it's the reason your dad bought that movie is what it is. Oh, Cody, don't refute it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. I'm sure I've seen the movie, or I've seen at least sixty percent of it. But once again, I was too young to like yeah, it appreciate was, a movie with the slow ballad Aerosmith song as its centerpiece. But you didn't like the movie as a whole? I loved it. I was too, I don't know. You're I, older like I said, than I think I saw 60% of it. <laughs> like I, know. I love that movie growing up. Anyway, point is, I saw it that uh, one time. Who's the guy that always plays like the gross little weaselly guy? Uh Buscemi. Buscemi. So he he straddles a nuclear warhead on the asteroid, oh. and he go, he's like, da, 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 and, you know, he's singing, and he's like, kind of, oh yeah, as it's inching its way towards the hole they've dug. Yeah, because here's what they do, Cody. Let me tell you the plot armor again. They go to an oil rig. They're like, we don't know, and we can't figure out how to dig. So instead of training astronauts how to dig, we're gonna train oil miner, oil mine guys how to astronaut. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is a stupid (laughs) way to do it. And that's so dumb. Anyway, that's another realization we all came to at some point, if you've seen the movie, Mm -hmm. Cody. Anyway, he straddles it, and then they're like, get off the nuclear warhead. And if you remember the movie, you'd know the guy I'm talking about. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. Anyway. Don't but he's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need to know about that movie. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he says he's like, I just want to ride it in, like you know, referencing yeah, this guy, like like a Slim Pickens does in uh, Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. So uh, here's okay. So that was your favorite part was getting the reference. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know it was this movie he was referencing. Yeah. You missed it, but they, they played a couple shorts before, like the trailers in the movie started. But they showed that there's a episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets on a atomic missile and has a cowboy hat on or whatever. I was like, oh, that's fun. I mean, it's a thing. It's a meme. I mean, this movie, there's so many things. And I was like, oh, it's been, re- oh, it's all making sense now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Russian ambassador is the, isn't that what the rush, like anytime there's a Russian ambassador in like The Simpsons, isn't that what he looks like? Oh, like with the big old neck, like the oh, the neck like three times the size of his head. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot. I th- it's an interesting movie because it's an older comedy, so it's obviously a little slower paced. It's like a satire, but it is like very funny. It's very funny. Um, it was a good one. I I'm glad we got to see it in a setting with like some other humans in like a theater, even though there was only like twelve people in the theater. <laughs> like it was it was nice. 
It was, it was the first theater. fully packed theater I've been to. I mean, COVID packed, so twelve people, but that's kind of it's it uh, cool. Yeah. Did you like that? I had to sit in the front row. I'm and so sorry. That one time that I like was taking. Did you notice when I was taking off my jacket, my elbow crept up a little too high and it cut off the bottom, and I was like, oh no. Oh. And so I slunk down so far in my seat so that I could move without like yeah. cresting above the seats. Because at this theater, they're small with theaters. Yeah. I mean, the screen is like the size of your rich friend's dad's TV that he had in the basement, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's a it's, home. It's basically as big as a home theater could yeah. be, right? Not any bigger. So, but they're like, you know, a theater. So. They've gotten it to where that projector is going right over the seats. The seats yeah. are theater seats, so they're above your head, and it's like if you go above them, you're in the beam. Well, don't worry. When we watched our seat, which was in the back, we crossed the beam. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, and you blocked the whole oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, we did. Um, but, I know I felt bad too because there were two sets of seats still available. Yeah. And then, like, three minutes before you got there, someone took the last set of seats that wasn't right in the front row. I was I like, mean, oh, darn it. It's not like front row of IMAX, which I'll still say the best experience I've ever had going to the movies was seeing Godzilla, King of Monsters, yeah. front row at an IMAX. Oh, my gosh. But this one, I mean, like I said, it's it felt like I was in somebody's home theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I didn't hear people behind me, I would, that, you know. I wouldn't have assumed there was more seats back there. Yeah. They picked the good ones right there. You know. Yeah. Don't sit in the seats with tape on them, Cody. You're not allowed. Don't do it. Not allowed. No, no. Don't be that guy. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to like about this movie. Tim. I liked... Um, one of my favorite things, I think, watching it this time was when uh, the president calls... He has to call the leader of russia or you know his his contact in russia to tell them hey uh we accidentally may have sent planes you know explaining the whole situation where it's like hey there's a bunch of nukes coming to bomb russia and we didn't mean to anyways the the guy the russian guy ambassador is like because he's a little drunk he like gives him the phone he's like dimitri now dimitri <laughs> like i'm sorry too don't say that you're more sorry than i am <laughs> like fine we're both sorry <laughs> like just the most important thing ever happening <laughs> he's talking to a drunk man like he's a kid i really i really appreciated that yeah it was it was some good writing it was and you didn't you don't hear both sides of the conversation you just yeah. hear this man trying to like <laughs> navigate the conversation it's so good navigate the drunk leader of communist i'm Russia. fine and you're fine that is fine yes it's good to be fine <laughs> <And> yes <laughs> but the thing is even after he's like i'm calling you because it's not good that's why i'm calling you and then he's like oh you know it's you know, this is a friendly phone call. He get, I, <laughs> he's like, of course, I love to just say hello. <laughs> it's just... So it's like, even after he tells him, yeah. "Hey, there's nukes there." There's like a couple moments where you're like, it's like on the other end of the line. He's like, "You never call to just you know talk." Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's really funny. It's a good one, and even like the same thing at the beginning of the movie because Buck Turgidson, who by the way. Best name ever for a comedy movie ever. Yeah. Is it Sergeant or General? I forget. He's General. General Buck Turgidson. <laughs> Just. Yeah. Uh, so, like, even that, like, his uh, secretary slash Love girlfriend... It. Uh, whoever yeah. answers the phone for him, and he's just, like, relaying back his messages, and I don't know. It's a good time. Yeah. I thought the joke was going to be that he was, like physically tied to a bed or something like that oh, yeah, it's yeah. just that he was in the bathroom just in the like, bathroom and didn't want to deal with anything yeah because he'd just be like why well, can't I get that I got someone else to do it and he's like the general uh, would like to know if there's anyone else who can do it and just shouting back and forth I don't know it's a good one and it's, then, a, it's a good movie yeah and it's got it's smart it's a smart script and it's such it's so of the time you know we're in the middle of a cold war and this came out like the year after JFK was assassinated and like Bay of Pigs and all this tension around the world around communism and like, you know, and then he just drops this movie where it's like, 
can you imagine, like, I'm sure this would happen, but, you know, the U.S. military accidentally causes the nuclear holocaust, and it's just, I don't know, it just... Because that's really what it is. It's move. just, like, a bunch of guys who are kind of... They're, it's just, like... I mean, it's if you swapped out all these super serious politicians and generals and stuff for just dudes trying yeah. to figure this thing out. Like, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll probably figure it out. But if we don't, stuff's gonna get nuked, Dimitri. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because like he's made other like war movies that are you know very clear message of like anti-war. Yeah, and this is very anti-Cold War, but in a totally different way, where it's just like a satire, which I really like. Yeah. It's like, isn't this Cold War stupid? Anyway, let's uh, have a few laughs. And <laughs> that's like the whole thing. Yeah, because I think another, I, if I remember right, another part of it was, because I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but in I do like the war history stuff. Mm-hmm. And he comes up during Cold War stuff as someone who's very against, not even so much like the war aspect, but just like the constant threat of killing each other that came out of it. Right. And yeah. being like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, we set off bombs. They can't afford to match our bombs. So they probably have some crazy doomsday thing yeah. that's going to go off. Yeah. You know, it's like, no one wins. Yeah. And I, I kind of forgot how this movie progressed. Because it starts, and General Ripper um, goes rogue and sends the command to go send the missiles, right? Yeah. And so then he locks down his base so it can't be reversed. And then everyone else is just scrambling, trying to stop it. Yeah. And then they get really close to stopping it. And then the Russian ambassador's like, but here's the thing. We made a doomsday device that we haven't, we were, I mean, we were just about to tell you about it. Like, yeah, like you Monday. know how the commandant loves surprises. Yeah. He's going to announce it on Tuesday. Like, yeah. it's like that whole thing. You're like, yeah, of course. And I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah. And you talked about Kubrick knowing a lot. He read 50 books on nuclear war <laughs> in preparation for the movie, which that's Stanley Kubrick for you. He, I mean, I think 50s and 60s when he made most of his movies, but from then on out, he kind of took a few years to make each film he did. Yeah. So I think he's pretty deliberate and like well-researched about what he does. Yeah, because I know in the stuff I've done, like he is cited as a huge reason why you know sentiment again like switch from you know freedom versus communism and no matter what we will always hate russia to eventually leading to like uh not so much you know yeah yeah and like his movies and his influence like pushed a lot away from america being so warlike which a lot of the countries of the world still think we are but nowhere near what we yeah was. yeah like you think about how your grandpa would probably like if you were to set off too loud of a firecracker in the other room mm-hmm. your grandpa probably is going to produce a rifle from somewhere <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be ready all right yeah you know whereas uh are you going to be ready cody mm-hmm. probably not no nope. if you ever thought about what you need to do for uh nuclear holocaust nope no i definitely haven't here's the real thing cody this is just a prequel to the fallout games yeah right oh yeah for sure that's what i thought i was like so some guy watched this and thought we'll make a video game series (laughs) yeah that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. um i really liked uh general turgidson okay i kept bringing up like the big board you're gonna bring up the, the russian ambassador He's gonna see the big board, yeah. <laughs> a map of Russia and just where the planes are coming in. Yeah. He brings it up like three different times, and then I didn't know this, but there's the scene where he's like, he's walking back to like gesture back at the big board. He falls over, does like a backward somersault, <laughs> like doesn't break a beat and keeps talking. Pops back up and is like the big board. Yeah, like he meant to do it. Like the board. I learned, I learned that that was. A mistake. It wasn't planned, and he just kept going. Yeah. Um, and they kept it in the film. I mean, it so fits him so well because it's him. Like, because yeah. I think it's when he's worried about the ambassador seeing the board, right? Where he's like mm-hmm. walking backwards, foot catches, like, ah, he's gonna see the board. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, th- I thought for sure it was so funny and perfect that I thought it was like choreographed. Where he's like, he tumbles on over, but like doesn't break a beat, and it's like, nope, that was just him 
staying in character, like finishing out the line. I don't know. I thought that was uh, pretty smart. And I didn't realize, too, General Turgidson, seven years later, plays Patton in the movie Patton. (laughs) I had no idea. I didn't even, like, put that together, which is just crazy. And then, too, I, I should have known this, of course, but Peter Sellers is Dr. Strangelove and the British commander, and I forget one other person in the movie. Yeah. And he's the Pink Panther. All the old yeah. Pink Panther movies, which I, I've only seen a few minutes of one of them, but I know like Conan O'Brien loves those movies and like absolute classics. But I've, Yeah, I love those movies. They're so I need funny. To, we'll need to watch them sometime, but I didn't even realize... I didn't realize he played three roles, and I didn't realize it was that guy. Yeah, he's um, very funny. I love him. The other thing they said, too, is like he improvised most of his lines... Yeah, uh, and he always, you know, he always does different things on different takes, and so it's kind of interesting because Kubrick will do so many takes and is so meticulous about it, and Kubrick was like, "Well, every time we make him do a new take, he does something funnier." <laughs> and so like he kept making him do more takes, and Peter Sellers was like, "I'm so confused. Why well, have to do this scene multiple times?" Because he he just like goes in, gets in character, does the scene, whatever happens happens, and it's hilarious. But like, yeah. it was hard because um, when they showed him as Doctor Strangelove, and he. So the whole thing is he has like a ghost arm base, like his arm is doing a thing. He can't control one of his hands, basically is the whole thing. So he like pops up a Nazi salute at one point. His hand like tries to strangle himself. They're like, which they shot it from like six different angles. (laughs) It's because like, we we don't know what we're going to get, you know, out of, out of the takes, but we need so many, but they're like, it was hard because there were so many where there's people like laughing in the background, <laughs> like they couldn't get people. And you can see like someone starting to break in one of the shots they kept. But yeah. it's just like, yeah. And they were like Stanley Kubrick, even who's like super somber and like a good director, like couldn't, you know, he was like wiping away tears, like filming Peter Sellers doing everything. Yeah. I mean, did you notice how it like, I mean, it progressed. It got, at first it was just him kind of like twitching and yeah, it was him holding. And it was like, it almost seemed like his hand was stiff or like a wooden hand where he mm-hmm. had like, pry things out of it and shove them in yeah yeah and then it, it just got up and up into where it's like attacking him while he's doing a speech yeah. and like trying to choke him and everybody's just ignoring it and just responding to him like it's not happening yeah. and he keeps calling the president mind fuhrer oh, and i didn't even catch it the first time everyone laughed i was like oh he just said mind fuhrer like i didn't even think yeah. about it he's oh. like mind fuhrer and he says so a bunch of stuff and he's like Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> like, he's so far into his speech already. Uh, Everybody was fine with it. And then he's oh like, oh, goodness. no, no. He said the wrong thing. And then, uh, his final speech is just so, it's so brilliant. Because they're at the point where they're like, the Holocaust is here. We did everything we could to stop it. We're not going to be able to stop it. Right? And so he's like, like, well, we could do it, right? Like, we go down into a mine shaft, right? It would never penetrate that far below the ground. There's plenty of space. We just need to do a quick survey and like, of course, we could fit 100, 200,000 people down there. Like, this is perfect. And, of course, if we reproduced enough down in the mine, they would, we would need to select, oh, maybe, I don't know, a ratio of 10 women to one man. And then it just keeps going. Like, of course, they'd have to be women of uh, great sexual, uh, you know, like virility. And it just keeps it was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's just it him was, being like, yeah, I could science my way out of this. And all the guys are like, yeah, yeah, you can. Pretty, <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny. And then, but then too, it's take, it even goes like a little bit further because Buck Turgidson is like, we uh, we can't let the Russians know about this because then they're going to come, they're going to come for our mind space. And we can't have there be a mind gap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is so, because it's like, he is like the, uh, the, like a caricature of everything that I'm sure kubrick saw all these guys being like crazy about just the cold war like how because it became a peeing con a pissing contest right where it's just like you're gonna get this work you're going to space but we're we're gonna go to the moon you're gonna do this we're gonna do that you know like (laughs) just outdoing each other to prove how much better like well you're gonna you know we're gonna you're good at chess we're gonna find a better chess player and what about the olympics you know it's like anything you could think of where it's like we're gonna outdo you like that was the whole thing like government programs and tax dollars all spent (laughs) For that purpose, just crazy. One of my favorite monologues, other than Doctor Strangelove's, was the the ambassadors when they're like, "Why would you make this device?" Because like I think they call over. That's when they introduce Doctor Strangelove. Like, yeah. is this possible? And he's like, "It's something only a madman would do." <laughs> yeah. His hands all like crazed out, like yeah. going nuts. And uh, 
<laughs> and he's like, we couldn't keep up. You know, it's the space race, the missile race. <laughs> they list a bunch of other just random things. He's like, and then the people wanted food and washing machines. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, we couldn't do it. Oh, my goodness. We can't go to space and feed the people. Yeah. It's really um, funny. Because that's the other thing. Is like, it, everyone's such a caricature. Like, the Russia guys, so he's such a character of, like, the Cold War sucks, but Russia also kind of sucked. You know, like, yeah. Americans sucked because we were, like, we're better, but Russia sucked because they were they sucked, you know? And yeah. We were like, oh, we're better than you are and everything. And it's like, you I mean, yeah, because you got more money and they can't yeah. outspend you. No, I mean, and even, like, some of the other characters, too, like, <laughs> What's his name? General Ripper. It's he's just like his whole thing. His <laughs> his message is something about like protecting our fluids. And you're yeah, like, our wait, what? Fluids. And they're like, what does that part mean? And they're like, we're not gonna look into that. That's just a crazy wait, person. Thing. And like, then later, they're still trying. He's like, we're still trying to decipher that last statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he brings up our essential bodily fluids yeah. so many times. Oh my and I learned, that was like a real conspiracy theory going it, on oh, in the 50s, which Cody, I didn't even know. The fluoridation of water. It's still a conspiracy theory. Uh, um, the fluoride in your water, Cody, it gets it's you. A, well, it's so funny because he's sitting there holding his office. He's locked the British... What was the officer exchange program? Yeah. <laughs> That's why there's a British officer there. He's also played by Peter Sellers. And he's like... He just when, Once he starts dropping hints at his plan, he's like, all right, go over and make me a drink. I'm like... You know, whatever. Make sure to use this. Like, I only drink this or pure rainwater. Rainwater and distilled water or pure rainwater. And he keeps going off and like, you know what they drink over in Russia? <laughs> they only drink vodka. Isn't that right? And he's like, uh, sure, I sure I guess. And he's like, that's right. They only drink vodka. And he keeps going and we drink water. You know, got to replenish your bodily fluids. and <laughs> Keep your fluids pure. <laughs> and just... Oh, I don't know. It's just so funny because he's trying to get the code out of him and he goes to the bathroom and he's like, don't worry, you know, freshen up. That'll, that'll make you feel better. And then come out and then let's let's talk about that code. <laughs> just just a gunshot. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, because they like they they send the army to get the yeah, guy. The, yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, the, you know, then there's the whole like. You know, the Air Force guy being like, they're not going to just get into the base. And then the Army guy's like, we'll be able to get in the base. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they got in the base. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, uh, yeah. That was one thing that I was like, I would like to, fu- I mean, I was I envisioned that in a modern day war room, right? Of like, if you had to go turn to the, you know, the uh, the head of the Army, I can't remember what the, the general... The chief, mm-hmm. chief staff is what they're called. Yeah, chief staff of the army. Turn to him and be like, "I need some army guys to go get in the air force base." The air force general's like, "They're not gonna just get in." It would still play out in real life exactly that way. Yeah, but they would probably not get in. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was just funny because I'm like, "This is the most realistic part I've seen in this entire movie." <laughs> yeah. Of like. You could have in this exact situation. This is how they would react. Not like this is horrible. Americans dying because they're gonna have to kill each other. They would be like, "We'll get in that base. Don't you worry about it. We'll get in there. We don't care how many die." Uh, um, another part. My other favorite part of the movie is when they've got like their their survival kit. Like it's in the air, in the airplane, it's going to bomb everyone. They're reading yeah. off like their emergency rations. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like the best list I've ever <laughs> heard compiled, and like Slim Pickens just like reading it. You know, he's like, "All right, you've got a forty-five caliber automatic pistol." And you're like, "Okay, cool. You've got, you know, like some rounds of munitions." Like, "All right, you've got some emergency rations." You're like, "Great, one prophylactic." <laughs> yeah, like five pretty- pairs of nylon stockings, <laughs> red <laughs> lipstick, <laughs> just nine packs of chewing gum, <laughs> which. The funniest thing is, like, I'm pretty sure for those guys, that's really what they got for their emergency. Like, like if they had to ditch in God Russia. I could have a pretty good weekend in Vegas with this. <laughs> that's the that's what makes it so funny. It's like most of it, like pretty much all of it, is stuff that's like, this is real people back then. Like, yeah. This is stuff that's happening. You know, this, this 
thing that seems like a ridiculous... Why do they have nylon stockings and lipstick? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who knows? But they do. Uh, Maybe in case they have to cross-dress to get out of the drag. country. Yeah. Um, uh, did you notice they talk about Laputa? <gasps> they mention Laputa, Russia? Yeah. A few times. Oh, and yeah. it's like, it's a throwback to the same thing, Gulliver's Travels, like we've talked about with Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, that was, I heard it, but then I saw it again in the trivia. I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot. They brought that up and it's a throwback to the same thing. Yeah. Nothing, I don't think anything will ever be as funny when we're watching a movie as when your wife sat down and she's like, it was on the screen. She's like, oh, La Puta. <laughs> <laughs> we had just finished like a super long oh. conversation about it. <laughs> we oh like, my goodness. <laughs> it's just it's just wonderful. It's so good. Uh, uh did you know that this movie in the nineties Stanley Kubrick actually got someone to start like writing a script for a sequel <gasps> called Son of Strange Love and he was like, I would love Terry Gillum to direct it. And then of course Stanley Kubrick died before uh before it could be realized. But and Terry Gillum didn't know till after, but mm. Terry Gillum, who's uh I don't know. You know, it's hard. It's hard now. We've seen the Brothers Grimm, but we've also seen 12 Monkeys. Here's what you do. You make it. You cast the guy who plays Cavaldi in the Brothers Grimm as the son of Strangelove. (laughs) I don't know. I still might have. I don't know if I can do it. Then you cast someone younger than him to play Dr. Strangelove. There you go. And it's like, what? But it it was going to take place like, down in the mine yeah. <laughs> like doing that whole plan oh no i know that's what i'm saying base it a hundred years have him be his son and have just a young like tom holland mm-hmm. looking person yeah not tom holland can't do him someone no. who looks like him though yeah yeah young boy play dr strange love yeah and then make it incredibly clear that he hasn't done anything to make himself younger <laughs> That's just him. That's just him. That's just him. That's just the guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I feel like that would fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody would start to think, who is Dr. Strangelove? Who is he? Be a whole uh, Strangerverse. Uh, Peter Sellers was the first person to win an Oscar for playing, or get an Oscar nod. I don't think he won, for playing three different characters in the same movie. I forget who the third character is. It's a British guy, Dr. Strangelove. Is he somebody in the like war the room? or is he? Is he the president? The problem is it doesn't say on, um, it says group captain uh, Lionel, which is the British guy. Yeah. But it doesn't say, is there any way it would say everyone? Is he someone on the It's uh, Lionel Mandrake, President Merkin Muffley. Oh, he does play the president. He's the president. Okay. okay. I-, I didn't even realize he was the president too. Yeah. He did so, he did three different accents in Dimitri? one movie. Three. How you do the the, you do the president's <laughs> voice so much better than I do. Uh, and also, this is the the longest movie to get an Academy Award nod for Best Picture. Longest titled movie, I mean. Oh, longest. I was gonna say, uh, it's which is thirteen words. Doctor Strange ever how I learned how to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yeah. So isn't that fun? Now, Dimitri. Now, Dimitri. <laughs> 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 of course i love to just say hello if the, of course this is a friendly phone call because if it wasn't well you wouldn't have gotten it <laughs> yeah oh uh, um you know it's a classic i think i think it's one people people should see for the meme and uh it's a good one i mean what else what else struck you about this movie i mean the thing that got me like there there are a handful of things that will get me every time. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like some stuff with the genie from Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine saying, hot damn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gets me every time. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I've just watched it. Yeah. If I rewind it, watch it, it will make me laugh out loud. Dr. Strangelove standing up at the swell of his speech, then throwing his speech aside and saying, <laughs> Mind fear, I can walk. <laughs> and like, at his, as his speech has reached a fever pitch of crazy, yeah. where almost none of it makes sense. Yeah. And, and then the movie just ending is one of the 
funniest oh. endings of a movie I've ever seen. And then his arm attacking him more and more and like <laughs> being more aggressive to try to and like turning him in his wheelchair. <laughs> and like him like fighting it so hard and then somebody compliments him on something and he's like, Oh, thank you very much. And it just turns very slowly. Oh my goodness. Like his his moments are they earn the name yeah. for the movie, really. Yeah. <laughs> like just everybody getting progressively crazier and crazier. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many things like the oh, R- Turgidson yeah, trying Buck to plant Turgidson <laughs> trying to plant the camera on the Russian ambassador, and then like there towards the end, his watch was a camera yeah. the whole time. Uh huh. And he took pictures of the big board. Wow. And then oh, the, I mean the my probably my favorite line, one of my favorite lines. It's like you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yeah. <laughs> And they uh, both just look like scolded children. They're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, man. <laughs> the fact that there'd be a gigantic untouched buffet there mm-hmm. in the war room. Is, oh, yeah. Like, it's like they were just like craft services over here, and they're like, yeah, just show it. Just pan over to it. We'll yeah. use it as a prop. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. I would recommend it to any Dick Harry or Sally, you know? Yeah, I mean, of all the classic movie because we've watched a few that are considered you know classics and they're you know great there's lots of old movies citizen kane right mm-hmm. which a film student will say all day long classic you got is the best movie ever mm-hmm. they've never seen that movie most of them don't hold up cody yeah even ones like you like the shining a lot oh yeah i liked it and appreciate it as the grandfather of stuff yeah but it's not one i'm gonna go watch again mm-hmm. like it started horror movies, but no, it feels be. cheesy because I've yeah. seen so many things spoof it. Right. I like this a lot. Yeah, it, it stands up. And, um, you know, it's one of the greatest comedies of all time as far as, like, it was a comedy that was nominated for four Academy Awards. And it's on yeah. everyone's, like, the great comedies list of, like, American Film Institute and, and like, other groups like that. It's all up in there. Uh, Peter Sellers, what a man. Yeah. You know? I mean, the real injustice is... You go to, you're a teenager, you're a young boy, you go to some movie night out in the sticks in the boonies. Yeah. Someone's throwing the movie up on their, mm-hmm. on their garage door, and you're all in camp chairs. You know it. You've been there. Yeah. What's the movie they throw on that garage door, Cody? Wrong. It's always Young Frankenstein. Uh, always Young Frankenstein. Why is it not Dr. Strangelove? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's the superior black and white comedy. Having seen 15 minutes of Young Frankenstein and having seen the entirety of Dr. Strangelove twice, I can honestly say I enjoyed Dr. Strangelove more. I feel like now we have to watch Young Frankenstein now. Maybe. I'm it not, is very funny. I'm not the biggest... I remember enjoying um, Robin Hood Men in Tights yeah. growing up, but seeing it more recently, it, it wasn't as much my, my thing for comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think Mel Brooks is quite my taste. I can't say it isn't a great movie because everyone loves Mel Brooks. He's classic comedy guy. Um, I just don't think it's my uh, my cup of raspberries. But what? Here's the thing. What if I said it's a Gene Wilder movie? I mean, I would say so is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. How do you feel about that? It's not a good movie. It's not. But it's just a classic movie. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, Cody. I do like Gene Wilder. It's funny. Here's the thing. What's his name? Gene Wilder? No, no. In the movie. Frankenstein. No. It's pronounced Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I remember that part. This is the whole joke. I mean, I would see it. I would watch it. But, yeah. It's very funny, Cody. It's just Frankenstein's monster with him continually denying that he is Frankenstein. Yeah. All it's, right. I it, mean, it, uh, it's funny. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I think everyone should watch this movie. And uh, I don't, I have, I don't have anything else to say. Here's what we do: you get a girl, you get her, you go watch this movie, you go to Bear World. That's a perfect date. Ah, uh, that is the perfect. You date. watch this movie at Bear World. They may kick you out of Bear World. There may be a movie theater there. No, they're not going to kick you out. They're going to sit in and, and enjoy it with you. I've never been to Bear World. Tyler, we got to get you out to Bear World. I've what driven past it. And Everyone, I'm, okay, bears. you know how many people have driven past Bear World? Twelve. 
thousand million. So many. You have to pass it to get to Yellowstone. It's Bear World. Yeah, it is. Everybody loves a Bear Everybody World. Everybody loves Bear World. Tyler, I got nothing else to say. I mean, what more is there to say? I mean, the movie's funny. It's short enough that it's like, just do it. It just builds some momentum, it. and then it kind of peaks, but it doesn't drag. Even though it's a little slower because it's an older movie, I don't feel like it drags. No. I feel like yeah. it's got a, a good, uh, it's good. Yeah. Watch it. Why, why haven't you watched it? Why haven't you watched it? Thanks for listening. <laughs> you can uh, share us with your friends, your enemies, or... Um, your lovers, maybe. Your lovers, strangers. No. And, uh, et cetera. Et cetera or et cetera? Et cetera. Xterra, the Nissan mm-hmm. SUV. <laughs> you can also tweet us at Opinion Havers. And, um, you know, I'll get back to you. I'm dropping yeah. hot semi-annual tweets and you you yeah. want to get dialed in at opinion havers at opinion do it you know like we'll comment and subscribe and smash that smash bell. that bell you can't click the you gotta code. smash it you gotta turn you your notifications on you can't if click you smash the bell. it smash it's you smash when you people smash ask it. when people when someone look when someone when some young cool person comes up to you and say do you smash you got to be able to say yes. I smashed the notification bell. You know? Are there bells on podcast apps though? I don't know. I've never Um, checked. you know, that's for other people. Look, I don't You know what? Open your settings. Go to notification settings. Scroll down to the app. <laughs> Open the app specific page of the notification settings. Scroll down to the yes or no notification allow notifications. Smash that over to yes. It's more of like a gentle slide, but nope. smash it. You gotta smash it. If you don't smash it, it doesn't actually turn on. Yeah. It's the rules. Thanks for listening, and until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Here's the downfall of Boysenberry Blast. Bear my world? S- my no. signature energy drink cocktail. It goes right through you. Do you have to pee? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Nice. That's a special moment. Mm-hmm.